Cowboys lost. Let me tell you what. Why, why, why the Cowboys are America's team? Because people like said everybody who has my phone number that text me, they celebrate the Cowboys losing so much that you forget that they even root for other teams. It's just like they're just rooting against the Cowboys. So the type of interest that my team, America's team, garners is part of the reason that I root for them. I root for the brand as well. So have they been as successful as I've wanted them to be over the last 25 years? No, they haven't. Not on the field. But they are still the number one brand in sports, and that's what I root for. I root for them being the baddest, at least brand, on the block. Billion-dollar stadium, the star means business, the players are stars, necessarily or unnecessarily so. I root for all of that. So, nope, there hasn't been a lot of on-the-field success from it over the last two freaking decades. Does that make me happy? It doesn't. Doesn't make me happy at all. Doesn't make me happy that Mike McCarthy's a bum. I don't think that we have a good head coach. And the reason that I think the Cowboys don't have a good head coach is because no one wants to work for Jerry Jones because they feel like they want it to be themselves. The last good coach that the Cowboys had that was able to do what he wanted to do was Bill Parcells. Bill Parcells was the type of guy that wasn't going to take Jerry Jones's shit quote unquote so Jerry Jones just started hiring guys that would and when you start hiring guys that would not only does the owner see that but the players see that oh well Lou you're being facetious what the hell does that even mean that means leading the league in penalties not respecting your coach not being disciplined enough no accountability those are head coaching problems I know it was a mistake by Dak. No, it was not the receiver's fault that we lost the game. But throughout the season, there's been accountability issues. Not just this season, but the last 10 years with Jason Garrett, with Wade Phillips before that. That's what you're going to continue to have when there's problem at the top. And I say problem facetiously because Jerry Jones, on one hand, he's doing his job. He owns the Dallas Cowboys. His job is to make money. And if you take a look at Forbes, the number one ranked sports franchise over the past whatever years has been the Cowboys. And if they wasn't number one, they was in the top three, four, or five. With that being said, sometimes they come with thinking you know best with what goes on on the field. And that's not always true. And sometimes people who do know best on the field don't want to put up with the stuff that Jerry inputs with. Hence the problem that you've had with the Cowboys over the past 25 years since Jimmy Johnson left. Wanted to break that down for you and give you an idea of what's really going on in Dallas. So until we can bring in a coach like a Brian Flores, we can trade for a Mike Tomlin. You see the trend that I'm going with here? Byron Leftwich maybe. 
Let one of those guys come to Dallas and coach. See how Jerry treats them. See if we can get a different vibe in the locker room from what's going on now. But I am upset that my Cowboys lost, man. I am upset that my Cowboys lost. Um, the remaining games for the playoffs coming up. I'll give y'all some picks before the playoff games come. Let you guys see how I did. My guy Sam G wanted me to hold uh, myself accountable and show you how the picks did. The only one that I lost was the Cowboys picks, and I lost the uh, Bengals pick. And the Raiders should have covered that. They at least should have kicked that field goal to cover for me at the end. But they didn't. They lost by seven. Spread was five and a half. So I was two for seven. How many games was it? Yeah, I was two for seven. Got five right. Excuse me. I was five for seven. Only missed two. Five for seven, Sam. That was for you. I only missed two of them for the whole weekend. Give you some more picks later on on this feed this week, man. Had a more serious tone that we're going to get into. I'll let you guys know. I had a guest, my guy, Crutcher. He's a comedian from Nashville. We talked about coming up in Nashville and him just getting his start in comedy. He gave the On Deck TV podcast their first their first show. You know, our first show, uh, Stephen booked us for it. And we talked a little bit about that and just his journey on being a comedian and how he tries to approach it. I wanted to get some flavor on here. He has interesting perspectives on a lot of different things. And as this podcast continues to grow, I'll bring him on, let y'all hear how funny he is and talk about different things. But I wanted to make the introduction, get him familiar with the format. He's new to content creation. So I wanted to show him the proper respect and introduce him into this game um, and do the things for him that I wish people had done for me when I was starting out. So y'all check out that interview. Let me know how you like it. And we back. It's another Spike Lou episode. I wanted to take y'all down through there. Little do people know as far as when we got started, man. A lot of people from home supported it, helped us out. First time the On Deck TV show got booked. You booked us, sir. I'm here with my yep. man, Stephen Crutch. You booked us for a Pimp C tribute. And we got to interview DJ C. Wiggs. Yep. So I seen you doing your comedy thing, and I had to tap in with you and see how that journey was. But first and foremost, I wanted to give my my very much appreciation to you giving us our shot, getting us started when you was doing promotions locally there in the city, man. I do want you to know that it went a long way in what we do and how we carried ourselves and all of that good shit. So appreciate you. The on-deck fans need to know that. No problem. That was a beautiful night. That was a classic night. People still talk about that. That event, man, that shit was crazy. That shit was fun, dude. That was about four. how long ago was that? That about five, yeah, about five years ago, almost five years ago. Damn, time fly when you get eyes, man. When you get a little older, hey man, this shit hits you like. I was Real. talking the other day. It was seemed like when you was young, you used to just be waiting on Christmas. Yeah. And now, nowadays, nigga, it ain't really no just certain dates you waiting on. So shit just. Oh. Fly by. Yeah, you find something love doing and keep doing that. It'll slow time down a little bit. That's a fact. That's a fact. Speaking of love and doing and stuff and, and, and find something to slow the time down, how you getting in the comedy? How that journey come about, man? What made you like start doing that? 
man, you know, I, I, I've always wanted to do it. Like, you know, we always grew up watching Comic View and shit, man. And, right. And uh, I, I was like, man, I want to try it. And I flirted with that idea for like three years and uh, listening to this podcast called Kill Tony. And I, and I, I you know, I saw he was coming into town. So I was like, hey, man, this is my shot to go up here and just do, you know, one minute of comedy and have a real live comedian critique me. And shit, I just jumped out the window and tried it. And uh, and I done pretty good. So, you know, and, and, and you know, after that, I took I took a couple of years off and I jumped back in it uh, August of last year. And I've been going at it ever since. Did you feel like you were funny? Like, have you always felt like you was funny coming up? Yeah, yeah, I've been funny since first grade. I ain't that ain't I, I ain't never had a problem getting nobody to laugh. Um, but mm-hmm. later, like later on in life, it just it just got like I was serious and people was laughing, and that's when I was yeah. like, man, it's something, it's something to that. It's something to that. So I just take that on stage and and I'm serious and on stage as well, and people find that humorous. That's your approach. Let me ask you. So you speak about being on stage and you've been in the Ville. You grew up. You born and raised, right? Right. Born and raised East Nashville. The crowd that you see out there, like when you go do a show compared to the Nashville that you and I grew up in. Mm-hmm. I'm born and raised South Nashville. Just talk about that for a minute, because I want to lead in to a clip. I saw you talking about gentrification. But tell wow. me a little bit about that and how you feel about that crowd. Versus just compared to the Nashville that you were familiar with and that you grew up around. As far as like the the, the crowd at my at, at a show, just in general, what I'm trying to paint a picture of how we grew up versus how Nashville is now, and you that still is, live there, so you can even talk yeah. more to it than I am. And I don't think people really understand when you bring Nashville up, talking about how like we grew up and the stuff that you know what I'm saying that happened in the city. Yeah, man, it's it's totally the opposite of what we what we we're used to man it's really a white town it's a white city now um every part <laughs> even the hood parts of nashville yeah. that was hood back then is white where you grew up at it. south nashville east can you hear me yeah I hear you. yeah south nashville east nashville west nashville north nashville all that shit is is, is white it's white man and it, and it's and it's and i feel like an outsider when i move around now well all the niggas like, the niggas is 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 uh, uh Clarksville, Smyrna, Laverne, damn. Madison, like in apartments some damn well. You Bro, know what I'm saying? Like owning a home is 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 that dream is pretty much gone. Do you remember when person? we was coming up going to like the places that you just named where all the brothers live at now? Bro, that yeah. was damn near like going out of town to us. Do you remember that? Like anything outside the city to us, and that may show what I guess our country we is, but that was damn near out of town. You going to Clarksville, nigga? What you got going on up there? Is how we would look All at right. it, right? All right. Even with even with Antioch, like me living in East Nashville, Antioch was a trip for me. <laughs> yeah. that, was a, hey, that was a road trip <laughs> to get there and back. So it's like, it, 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 you know, but like it's just, but now everybody live out there. That's why, that's why everybody uh, they they're forced to live out there now, and it's, mm. it's 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 gotten outrageous, honestly. It's spreading out. It was like that, like. I had to adjust in that coming to Atlanta. Like, I didn't even understand, like, everything 35, 40 minutes away. Like, mm-hmm. coming from the Ville, like you said, and we say, like, I didn't get that. I, I, I was like, man, how everything I would drive, bro? Like, it was, that shit was fascinating to me when I first got down here, like, 10 years ago. So, yeah. you said you feel like an outsider. I was talking to a homeboy of mine today. He said I left at the wrong time. 
He said I should be in the city now. He looked. I mean, if you're a part, if you if you if you're a party goer, I can uh-huh. see that. If you like being on the scene and going to the bars and doing, yeah, but like I'm not. So I just you know I, I go out to eat sometime, but everything is fucking crowded. You ain't got yeah. no local spots because it's popping, it's jumping. I'm not that. I'm not. I'm not that guy. So Nashville was slow back in the day, as to where now is very fast. It's a fast-paced city. Yeah, that is true. Like one hundred percent. Even when I come back, I noticed that. Yeah. So, as far as it being that fast pace, and I saw, like I said, I saw the gentrification clip. Do you throw that stuff into your comedy? Because I know you said a lot of stuff that you talk about serious, and you said you serious, and people just think it's funny. That yeah. was the driving I, force behind it. So that's the base behind your comedy. Yeah. Um. I've I've I haven't dabbled with that part. Mostly what I'm doing now. With, mm-hmm. with, with comedy is talking about you know my life and, and, and the fucked up shit that's happened in my life so far I haven't gotten around to being able to uh, uh, bring that on stage so mm. I can talk about it in conversation in great detail but like you can't talk about it in great t- detail on stage you gotta have time you gotta cut that you gotta cut that that fat out so I yeah. haven't figured that part out yet but, that, but trust me it's coming that shit different, man. When you get up there in front of people, I admit, like, even me doing it before, like, I get up, there, it's still a bit of nerves to it. You know what I'm uh, saying? It's, it's... Like, that don't never go nowhere, right? I, I got so much respect for comedians. When I, the first time I did, I'm like, that's the hardest shit I ever had to do in my life because <laughs> you're up there with a task. You have to make people laugh. If you, if you don't, you fail. Right. So, you know what I mean? So, it's like, that shit ain't easy, man. That mm-hmm. shit is tough. That shit is tough. And they slick looking at you like you wasting their time if you don't make them laugh. Like, what you there doing up here, bro? There we go. But, but you know, like at, at an open mic, that's all you doing is getting up there just trying shit. 99% of the time, these motherfuckers not funny. Mm. They're not funny at all. So to get up there and to be funny and, have, and get people to laugh, get a whole room laughing at you, getting people to high-five you when you get off stage, that's a great fucking feeling, and it's and, and and it's addicting too. So that's why that's the reason I keep going. I keep going back because that feeling is amazing. It's like it's honestly like orgasm. Be honest with you. Once you get really? a crowd, <laughs> for real, dead ass. Like it's like a fucking orgasm to have a group, a room, a, a, a room of people laughing at you at something you saying. That shit is mm-hmm. that shit feels great. It feels amazing. I've heard other like I listen to Rogan like you do, and I've heard them say that that's like a high. Like you said, like yes. it's something that once you feel it and you, you just chase that, that, that yes. crushing it, just I'm here crushing it and people rolling, laughing at me. Hey, man. So someone, I had someone walk up to me and tell me a joke that I said like three weeks prior. I'm like, damn, you remember that? Like that shit felt amazing, bro. And I feel like with the setting now, you ain't really going to be boxed in to a certain crowd. Like you ain't going to be labeled as like a black comedian or a white comedian. Right. Right. So you I, feel I, the I, same way. I have you try to do I that. A, I got a very dry sense of humor. And I, I'm a storyteller. So me being a storyteller, I appeal to more, a more white audience, but I'm still a mm-hmm. nigga at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I understand that it's going to be mainly white people to come to see me because, because we, you know, they got more patience to sit and listen to a nigga talk than we do. Like, a black crowd wants you to hit them over the head every time, right. keep them rolling. Me, you're going to have to sit back and listen. 
and that's what I and I understand that, and, and you know, I don't I don't have no issue with that, but like black people can come and still roll in my shit because they they feel it. Well, white people, yeah, because it's a real style. Here like you ain't making up no bullshit. Like you, you like <laughs> when I tap into you and listen to you, it's like a real base shit. So it ain't nothing the nigga won't be like, man, what is dude talking about? Exactly. It never come off like that. Exactly. Exactly. So where you want to take it? Like how far you want to take the comedy stuff? Man, uh, well, honestly, man, it, it's 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 I don't honestly see myself as a being a stand-up comedian, being a Kevin Hart or or a Corey Holcomb type situation. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to be the black Larry David, if I'm mm. being totally honest with you. I want to, because the stories I got, I would love to see them play out on a cartoon or on a, on a, on a, on a TV show. Because I got some wild fucking story. I got a story about, you know, me almost getting to fight at a nude beach. True story. <laughs> shut shut up. I'm dead ass. So it's like, what happened, man? Tell me to, what happened. Tell me what happened. Man, it's, look, in the short story, like, the niggas... <laughs> <laughs> the nigga tried to holler at, at my gal. Like, we had a new, we, we butt naked, man. And I'm in the water butt naked. You know, it's cold, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. I tell my gal to come to the water to, to, to you know, help me, you know, get my right. shit back, back right. Get you where you need to be. Water. Exactly. But before she got to the water, this black dude, this old black dude walked up on her. He didn't know we was together. You know what I'm saying? And he all so He just he see your girl walking. There, there we go. And he and he approached it. They both but nigga, his dick ain't cold. You know what I'm saying? So, you know what I mean? And, and I'm paying attention to the conversation from the water. Like, man, if this shit, I'm I'm, I'm watching his dick to make sure it don't move. Because I'm like, if this, right. this conversation get a little weird, nigga, I'm finna go out here and with some ass. So it was, a, it was a very awkward situation. But like, I would like to see that on the TV screen. You know what I'm saying? I would like to see that on a cartoon or something. Absolutely. Because I feel like you and I got the same comedy style. Because now, when you telling that story, I got so many questions more. So, like, even when you in the water and you going, like, are you thinking in your head, like, man, I'm going to have to fight this nigga naked. Like, if this but nigga got, like, one more, he got, like, star, ten more seconds to keep talking, and I'm going to have to fight this nigga naked. I'm talking about world star. I'm thinking about all that shit, bro. I'm like, man, they going to get Steve out here butt-ass naked, dick on cold. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this shit was going to be embarrassing, but, like, it's, I think it's just rules, man, at a new beach, man. You don't talk to nobody else, gal. He, you know, granted, he didn't know, but she knew. Like, come on, yeah. bro, you don't do that. And, you know, old men be, like, slick aggressive. They don't be, like, like she'll try to keep it moving on him, and he just got to throw an extra question in there, throw that little nasty-ass comment that all the old men got. It always be one of those. This nigga had a fanny pack on with nothing else. Wow, well, hot. <laughs> I beat this nigga ass up here, butt ass nigga. Oh yeah, that's definitely that's definitely for the TV screen. I yeah, can see that like playing that. out one hundred percent. So that's you ain't really trying to take it to like you said, Kevin Hart levels. It's more so content creation. You see I yourself wanna... maybe getting into that TikTok skit stuff or like Instagram nah, nah, skits nah, or anything nah, like that. Nah, nah, nah. I said Black Larry David. Like I want to be serious HBO shows. Like I mm-hmm. I want to be behind the scenes and be on that type of level. Like I don't I don't all that little silly shit. I ain't with that. Mm. You know what I mean? No, that ain't that right. ain't yeah. my style. So I'm I'm you know, we older, bro. We didn't grow up like that. So bro, it's I, so know. crazy. I was talking to my therapist, and the nigga told me, <laughs> like, I'm talking to my therapist, and he said something, and I said, What you just said, 100 percent damn near quote for quote. I was like, I ain't grow up like that. I don't really play around too much, man. 
Yeah. He was like, yeah, I see, man. <laughs> it's a brother yeah. too. And he was, I was like, bro, we just didn't like, I ain't no kiki kaka. And I ain't, I ain't trying to be standoffish and no thug or nothing. It's just like, I didn't grow up playing around like you, bro. I don't play around. Yeah. So that's and 100%. I, I know what you mean. Man, I started therapy about, I've went before like one or two hours, but this time I found a brother and he pretty cool brother. He our age. And I've, I've went to two sessions. This is the sixth week I've been going. So every other week. So the third week is coming up next week. I'm going back. Have you ever yeah. been before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went, man. First, it was like a relationship thing with my ex. And uh, mm-hmm. it just helped us break up, honestly. And then I started going by myself. And um, I, ended up, I ended up firing my therapist like twice because mm. she would always laugh at me. And that's another reason I knew I was funny. Because she, she would always end up telling like, man, this shit ain't fucking funny. But she found a human and she couldn't hold that shit in. And uh, was it a black woman? It was a black woman. It was a black oh, okay. woman. And have uh, you had a black man yet? Pause. Like not. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I, no, man. Uh, I, I'm, I, and I do. I, I feel like I need to go back to therapy because I, I, I've been, I've been, I've been battling, battling with depression for a while. I ain't been happy uh-huh. in a long time, nigga. I'm, I ain't suicidal, but I'm nigga been homicidal like i've been on some on some different shit so it's like i, I know i need to go back but part of it is why you know the comedy is really helping me get like over there there we go well, bro so, i 100 would recommend it because i started too on some relationship stuff with my lady but i made it i was the, intentional in making it a black man because I didn't want to feel like what you feel like. Maybe it was a woman. She laughing at me, may not understand what I'm saying. I didn't want them to be white and not get the perspective that I was coming from. What I would recommend, if you're open to it, bro, find you a black dude that's about your age, maybe even older, and yeah. talk to him like you would talk to like one of your homeboys. That's how these, like, bro, I know exactly what you mean to talk about the phase you in, because I was there too for a second. But he just like on some small tweaks helped me realize and turn that shit around like immediately. Right. Just like stuff that I just was just looking over and he was like, bro, you just got to stop and pay attention. And us as black men, we not really ever told that. Like we ain't really championed a lot. Now I want to turn this into no, you know, we've been deprived of shit as, as black men type of podcast. But with that being said, it's good for us to have a sounding board and do that and talk like that because you start to realize some of the stuff that you don't never pay attention to that you flat out blessing. You right. know what I'm saying? So right. I will 100% recommend it, bro. Well, I, I, I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. Like I said, I'm, your brother, I'm, though. yeah, I'm pro therapy and um, I just, you know, you know, I, her, me paying her and she, her laughing at me. I ain't like that. I know shit. that. I fired, I fired <laughs> that motherfucker twice, for real. You fired the same woman twice. Same woman twice. Yes. That's another. That's another plot for the uh, TV show. Hey man, listen, I'm telling you, I'm gonna I'm be on my black Larry David man. That nigga worth about seven hundred million dollars, bro. I'm not. I ain't. I need to do yeah. that. I need to Absolutely. do that. Absolutely. I know I watch Seinfeld at least once a week. He getting streaming dollars from me from Netflix or wherever it's at Peacock. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Episode, no. It's on Netflix. Yeah. I know I watch it at least once a week. So, what else? What else you get into as far as one of the? I know you you, you heavy on health, veganism. I'm, I've been trying to talk you into starting a podcast about veganism <laughs> for four years at least. Yeah, tell me yeah. more about how that journey is for you as a black man and and how you experiencing that. Man, 
it's been it's been pretty easy for me other than like I I didn't get teased or bullied ever in my life until I went vegan, bro. Everybody hates <laughs> me for fucking reason. I wasn't called skinny. I've been skinny my whole life. I didn't get get teased about my weight until I went vegan. I'm like, dude, that shit kind of weird. But like, it's been it's been a it's been it's been a blessing for me. Um, I meet a lot of great people. I've built a lot of tight relationships with a lot of vegans around town. So, and I frequent the same spots because only like six or seven spots. So I have these relationships with these business owners or whatnot. Mm -hmm. So it's a uh, man. Veganism is a is a beautiful thing, and I, I teach it to my kids, and they they be teaching it to their friends and shit. So like, it's a um. It's a beautiful thing, man. And I, I wish more people would explore it and just give it a try and not, you know, just 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 shit on it, man. There's so many stigmas behind it. I feel like that kind of what you hit on saying you get teased about it and it didn't start until then. There's right. so much like shit out there from people who do make it a big deal as opposed mm -hmm. to it's just like you said, just something I do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I got enough willpower to try it. But I stay on my supplements and shit on a daily basis. That's about as much as I do. Important. That's, what, that's yeah. what a lot of people miss. And that's what I'm heavy on now. Like, you know, I had, I had, a, had a bad bout with COVID back mm -hmm. in uh, September. Like, a very bad bout. Now, I, I thought I was out of here. And I remember you were tweeting about that. Bro, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was down bad, dude. Mm. And um, I had about three weeks I was battling. I couldn't, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't walk. I couldn't talk. It was bad. But. Damn. I was always taking supplements. What I, what I was doing wrong and what people should know is when you're taking supplements, always double up or triple up on your dosage. Mm. Always. The, the recommended doses on those side of those bottles are to prevent starvation. That's all oh. it's for. So always, when it, if it say take two a day, take four a day. Take six a day. That's what that's for. Huh. It's, just, it's just a recommendation, but it's to prevent starvation. So Man, you taking your, your burdock root or your or your elderberry or your oregano oil, black seed, man, double up, triple up on them dosages, bro. Trust me. I that's what I've been all doing. Day. Yep. Yeah. I take them like at least when I get up in the morning, in the middle of the day. You good? Are you big on uh, ashwagandha? Have you tried that? I, I just started doing that. I, 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 I bought it from Sprouts about two days ago. So I've been, I took three of those today. That shit changed your whole mood, man. That shit wild. It's like, bro, like I've been on them. My mom actually put me on. And she mm -hmm. was like, try these. Mm -hmm. And that shit changed your whole mood. Like, I don't know what what type of family it's in or whatever it do, but it changed. Like, just give you a, I don't, I can't know if it's mental or if it was just in my head. But once you try it, I definitely want to check back with you and see if it worked for you. Because that shit. Herbs are. Every, are bro, it's, it is good. It's good. Like yeah, it it, it 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 give you a good outlook. You'd be like, damn man, I feel good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It just make you feel good. I wanted to be a I wanted to be a master herbalist. This is back in 2008 and nine. I always flirted with the idea of going to school, taking a little class, and getting my license or whatever. I just never done it. And I'm you know I've been taking herbs for a while, but I do want to. I know we need that in our communities. We need mm -hmm. people to have mm -hmm. you know know how to stay proactive instead of reactive. And we need herbalists in the community and we don't have it around here uh, or people that we, you know, uh, people trust. People DM me all the time when they get sick. Like, hey, man, what's going What's What's this? What's that? I'm like, you know, so I need to go on and take it serious and and get that under my belt so I can, you know, benefit from it financially or whatnot. Yeah. But uh, 
but yeah, that's something I, that's something that's definitely on my list of things to do to give back to my community. Absolutely. And I think one of the dope things about what you're doing with comedy and want to take it where you're taking it is that gives you the platform to express all of these different dope things. Right. Like, the, yeah, you don't necessarily think like the the average person. So being able to have that platform and, and have it be funny and being therapeutic, I feel like it's going to go a long way, bro. I'm a fan and I definitely want to reach out, give you a platform to speak what was on your mind and, and introduce you to the people. Hey, I appreciate that, man. But you still owe me and my partner some money, and I, I, uh, we need that. And you, you know, we ain't gonna discuss, you know, about. But hey, man, we had thirty dollars price. Thirty dollars a person. How much was it? Man, thirty a piece, nigga. Give us the ninety total, and that you know we'll be good after that, bro. That wasn't cool what you did, and uh, we need that. I don't know if it was all my fault. Man, like you said, we'll leave it offline here. But I don't really know if that was all my fault. That's all I need. <laughs> but I'm a man, I'm an honorable man, so I take care of it. I definitely will. Hey man, I really do appreciate it though. I really do appreciate it. And I I'm, I'm wishing you much success in everything that you do and anything you need from me, my brother. I got you. Man, appreciate that, man. You've always been supportive, and you know, and I, I really I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep supporting you. And keep doing what you and Animal Brown doing. Y'all been doing it for a while. Y'all being consistent. And I'm watch. I watched it grow into what it is now. Keep doing that shit. That shit going. That shit eventually gonna make y'all millionaires. So keep doing Absolutely. what you're doing. I appreciate it, brother. You be safe out there. All right, man. Peace. Yes, sir.